It's 8 a.m. It's 8 a.m. Good morning. What's up? It's Joe. It's Jordan. It's the 8 a.m. shift. We're here. We're here. Huh. Uh, it feels like it's been forever since we recorded. I don't think it's been that long, though. No, nah, it hasn't. But I mean, we had like some like a like a sort of gap week, and you know, I think we're kind of catching up to things. Yep. You know, a lot's been on our minds. What's happening is life comes at us fast. Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Who <are> you telling? <laughs> Uh, so what's up? So I don't, I think I wanted to talk today about A Bronx Tale. Oh boy, Jordan's favorite film. <laughs> Be clear, my favorite film I think is A Land Before Time. <laughs> you, you have told me this before, which, uh, I think is actually pretty awesome, man. <laughs> a Land Before Time. Uh, I actually haven't seen A Land Before Time in gotta be close to like, this I mean, Maybe close to like twenty years. Man. I know, it's just man. like nuts to think about. Like that I'm at that I'm that old now, and that I've gotten to a point where there's something I haven't done in twenty years. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, because I was I was definitely like a kid last time I saw it. Right, I was probably like twenty five, <laughs> which is still a while ago. But I can watch that in the dark night. Back to back. Over and over, over again. And over back. Again. That's like my old, uh, the old tape my brother and I used to have. My mom used to record everything on like VHS, and we had the greatest tape ever. It was, um, it was <laughs> Karate Kid, and then after that, do you remember like uh, there was like this old music video and they're doing like "Heard It to the Grapevine." heard it through the grapevine but it's uh like the the california raisins are doing it yeah i think i know what you're talking if you go about. back it's like really I think like, I know what like I, this kind of like I think I know racist depiction of like these raisins but, but uh so like that was on there and then scarface so so it was karate kid amazing heard it through the grapevine scarface when are we gonna do a screening in that format like that should be a <laughs> I know, private right? screening like we should do like vhs compilation screenings and that'll be it'll be that'll be one of them thank you mom for that uh that awesome tape in our childhood and I'm sure she'll be listening to this. Yeah, I think my all, all my compilations were like uh, cartoon shows, maybe. So it'd be like maybe the the, the, the tail end of Captain Bucky O'Hare, uh, uh, maybe yeah. Dino Riders. Ooh, we had Dino Riders uh, right. for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe a California Raisins ad, <laughs> and then maybe like an episode of RoboCop. Oh yeah, that's right. The cartoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we used to have for sure. Like my mom would like buy the Dino Rider tapes, but we also had like you know recorded tapes. But I remember specifically we had like Dino Riders. But one of my favorites, man, the Centurions. <laughs> it was great. So <laughs> we had like Centurions on tape, and then um, my mom uh, had uh, she would record. Or not even, she would buy the tapes for, like, Teddy Ruxpin, which is, uh, like, the talking bear. You would, oh, like, put yeah, a tape yeah. in him. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, <laughs> Allie, my fiance, she's, like, her mom, like, hated it. And she, like, so my fiance's mom hates, uh, shout out Linda, hello. Uh, <laughs> a huge sh- supporter of the 8 a.m. shift Instagram. Follow us. There you go. Follow Linda. <laughs> and follow Linda Elgin. Uh, anyway, um... 
she uh, she hates talking animals, like in movies and stuff like that. So she, I think she like refused to like even like deal with a Teddy Ruxpin. Although Allie is younger than me, so I think Teddy Ruxpin was like kind of dying by like that point. It was like a, it was like a Teddy Ruxpin on his deathbed. Right, right, right. <laughs> Why don't you put tapes in me anymore? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's the the best now though is if you have a Teddy Ruxpin you put the and I've probably even mentioned this other show but you put like the Metallica tape in him or something <laughs> like Slayer and he's just like ah, rain and blood <laughs> um wow <laughs> I'm like dying here cause I'm like I I never had one but I, I know what you're talking about oh, yeah, and I'm thinking about it like man that actually would be a really great thing to review at some point <laughs> We need to go back, like yeah, no. Toys of the Eighties or something. Yeah, uh, I think you can still get them on eBay or something. Right, it's, right. Uh, I kind of want to like buy one now just to do the like Metallica, thing. right, right. <laughs> and just like have it up right. on my like work desk or something. That'd be pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, Bronx Tale, right? <laughs> a Bronx Tale. A Bronx Tale. Uh, a film I have actually not watched in a little in a while. It's it's been a few years since I watched the Bronx Tale, but a film I really liked as as a youth, as a youth, <laughs> as he says in uh, not a Bronx Tale, but my cousin Vinny. Uh, but g- give me your thoughts. Or you'll, you'll jog my memory. I think it's like easily the most quotable movie in history. And damn, that's that's a bold statement. I mean, like more quotable than like a Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Jordan's looking at me like, hell yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like Pulp Fiction a lot. I don't really know if I the quotes actually stuck with me as much as I would expect. So it's just the most quotable film to you. Yeah. All right. All right. But I think with I think with Pulp Fiction, uh, there's a lot of great like um, the com- you know there's a lot of great conversations that lead to that. But right. I can't remember if I really if a lot of those quotes actually stuck with me. Whereas with A Bronx Tale. Like those quotes stick with me like right. at every given moment of my life. Right, right, right. Uh, I'm revealing something very personal and very deeply personal <laughs> to the listeners. So, if you had to choose, what what's your favorite Bronx Tale quote? I mean, there's a multitude of them. Uh, I think you know everyone. You know, everyone's kind of created like has memed or like cut a video of it. You know, you have like the wasted talent quote. You have uh, the 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 door test quote. Right, right. You right. have uh, is it better to be loved or to be feared? Quote. That's probably my favorite. <laughs> um, and then there's a few more that are even like a lot more subtle. You know, uh, oh, like I mean, even like the the moments with between uh, C and his father Lorenzo, uh, where they're arguing. You know, there's a lot of, it, because it is like a through and through like a coming of age story. It there's a lot of elements that. You know, you find yourself remembering a similar moment or feeling right, or right, argument. Right. Like, those things, I think, all uh, contribute to, like, you know, just, if, especially if you grew up in New York City, like, you kind of know those those feelings and moments and actions, you know? Right, right. So I think there's a lot of personal stuff there, too. I actually started writing down my thoughts about why I think it's quite possibly the best coming-of-age mob, mob, mob film ever. And it's largely because it's, like, the only, like, coming-of-age mob film ever. <laughs> kind right? of, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, you could say that about Goodfellas, but Goodfellas is more of like a through-and-through, through, like... And it kind of know. glosses over his, like, young... Yeah. You know, that's, like, the first, yeah. 
15 minutes in a movie. Yeah. But I think uh, a Bronx Tale, like, I kind of basically went through the science of why people love a Bronx Tale. Right. And hear me out on this. And I'll probably publish a lengthy think piece, if you will. <laughs> you know, kind of contributing, contributing to the problem <laughs> on, media, on medium.com. Uh, but basically, I divided that. I, I basically came to the conclusion that people love a Bronx Tale um, because it serves two audiences, right? You have old New Yorkers who basically are like, like the white people that left all the old neighborhoods and were just like, oh, <laughs> right, fuck right, this right. shit, right? Because the Bronx is burning, right? <laughs> and then you have the hip hop generation, right? Right. And allow me to elaborate on that too, because, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say like everyone that left those neighborhoods was like a, a raging racist. Mm-hmm. Although most people would probably argue that they, like, <laughs> they were, were, they most definitely were. were. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Joe's like, ah. <laughs> um, but yo, '90s rap dudes and dudettes, yo, they <laughs> love, they yeah. love, they love gangster movies. You know, like anyone that like loves hip hop, anyone that like that has like that like you know '80s '90s hip hop vibe, right. they love. Those type of gangster movies, right? Yeah. Um, and what was significant about a Bronx Tale was that there's an interracial love story in it, and right. I think it was uh, w- that's kind of like what made it. Um, I think that's what the appeal is for a lot of a lot of people is that it wasn't like like I think a lot of other movies they gloss over racial issues too. You know, even um, you know, you look at The Godfather and it's like, you know, it's pretty obvious that you that. All the members of the five families are probably like raging racist, you know. Yeah, but they don't shy. Like you see that in the film. It's not like beat. It doesn't like beat you over your head, but you definitely see it in The Godfather. Well, I think what's significant about A Bronx Tale was that it highlighted that these these communities existed next to each other at one right. point. And I think that's the thing with a, with a Godfather with the Godfather. Excuse me, <laughs> a Godfather, <laughs> a, a, God, Godfather. a Godfather. Um, the Godfather and even Goodfellas is that um, they existed in a world where um, they existed as part of those communities that fled those neighborhoods. That, you know? that, that, for sure. Sh- yeah, for sure. You know, yeah, yeah. so their language, their actions, like, and you know how I always say that if you're a POC, like, you watch these movies much differently than, say, if you're, like, an old white, an old New Yorker. Right. Right. Um, and even, like, you know, I would say, like, I, you know, I know people that um, may not be, I mean, I know POCs that, you know, Asian, Latino, that, watch movies like Goodfellas the same way your average like white viewer would just because like you know they weren't really they, they didn't really contextualize it in that right. way but if you're black you definitely watch Goodfellas in a much different light than say like you know your average you know I would say your average like viewer because right, you're kind of like we were there too yeah, <laughs> yeah you know yeah. and it's hinted at like in Goodfellas in particular it's sprinkled throughout the movie but it's right. never like directly addressed although you see um the, those um those uh Hints, you, you see it much more explicitly in that scene with uh, Samuel Jackson. Right. You know? Right. So with A Bronx Tale, um, what I think was very interesting was that it was also a very sentimental movie. And I was reading an old article on, I think it was RogerEbert.com. It was published, it was, it was published like back when the movie came out. And, you know, Chaz Palminteri talks about how he did have like some relationship with a, a black classmate um, when he was in high school. Right. right? He doesn't really elaborate on it, right? And I know that guy's a total like guy that also left the Bronx, and you know, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> right? Um, but I think that was significant because he wanted to kind of like 
insert that in there. I think a lot of people uh, always assume that Robert De Niro kind of inserted himself into the movie um, because Robert De Niro is the man, and uh, you know, I know <laughs> he could put himself in anything. You know, and I know, I know he definitely, uh, you know, I know he definitely shows a lot of love to the sisters. Um, <laughs> That's um, funny, Bobby D. Um, <laughs> Bobby D. Bobby D. Uh, so yeah, like I think that that I think that was I think especially for the hip hop generation, right. that's where the appeal comes from. Was that this wasn't just like okay, uh, you know, you know, racist, misogynistic white guys, right. uh, you know, like you know, dumping bodies in in the East River. You know, right. it was actually like a, a really sentimental story um, about a guy who, you know, for most part of his life, was associated with this crew that he, you know, made that even though they were giving him a lot of wisdom and a lot of knowledge about life, you know what I mean? They're still leading him down a path of um, turbulence, you know? But the flip side of that, too, is that his actual mutual friends, right, are actually the more chaotic ones. They're the race, they're the the future racist, misogynistic, wise guys, right? And then the guys that he's close to within, like, that crew, they're telling him, like, yo, don't get involved with, you know, these these stupid youths because they're going to get you killed, Mm -hmm. you know? And on top of that, the significant part, too, and, you know, spoiler alert, um, Sonny, who is within the movie, right. the uh, the mafia patriarch leader to see, he supports his interracial relationship. Right, yeah. You know, which is significant because if you watch Goodfellas or Godfather, that shit ain't gonna fly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but let me hear your. Well, thoughts. I guess the kid's not a made man yet. Yeah. So like, you know. <laughs> but um, I've been talking your ear off, Joe. Let me hear your thoughts, man. Uh, I don't know, man. I just like to hear you talk about a movie you love, man. No, um. I remember as a kid, like, really liking A Bronx Tale because of a lot of the um, points you brought up. I thought it was a different sort of look at this world, right? So we're seeing, and, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn, right? So I saw a lot, in, in Cobble Hill, Brooklyn, we saw a lot of, like, there was a heavy Italian population, but not just Italian, right? There was African American, it was Hispanic, even, like, a, a, a Muslim population. Right, right. So it's cool to see a story based in New York that showed these, yeah. these parts of the of yeah. of, of uh, the neighborhoods. But I also just remember, you know, just kids like you're a kid just being like, and I again, I like the, I remember really liking the movie as a kid, but just also like being like, but it's not Goodfellas, you know, like so it was like, and I mean to some degree it's not right, like just if you're looking at it from like a filmmaking standpoint, yeah, right? yeah. I think De Niro did a great job Absolutely. directing the film, Absolutely. but. You know, if if you're comparing De Niro to Scorsese, it's just not even a competition. I you know, know, I know. So, I, and you know, like me growing up wanting to like you know make movies, uh, you know, uh, I was I was a little snobby about it. I was like, well, you know, it's not you know it's not well the best directed movie. So, but uh, thinking about it, you know, as I've gotten older and. You know, and I've let the movie gestate. <laughs> yeah, it's a cult uh, classic. It's a cult. It's all. It's through, a hands down you know, a cult, cult classic. classic. And like I said, I just I appreciate the film a lot more now as an adult than I did. I think as a kid. And like I said, it was cool. Even as a kid, it was like cool to see these different, um, you know, parts of your neighborhood being represented. So right. Like right. African American culture, Italian culture, right. and sort of like how those sort of uh, intertwined. Yeah. Uh. But as an adult, I appreciate that a lot more. Yeah. Like, it it feels much more like, like, not only like, um, 
you know, like a real, like a natural story, but it's like very homegrown. You know what I'm saying? Right, like, right, right. Um, but again, I haven't revisited in it. But again, I haven't revisited the film in a while. So I think uh, if I go back and I, what I'll uh, I'll do is I'll watch it this week, and um, I'll, I'll come back with a full report for you, man. Just uh, full disclosure here: we uh, we were we were dancing around doing this episode, but I, I didn't know we were going to do it this week. So or normally I would have done my homework before the episode, but I've seen the movie enough times to you know to just kind of wing it. Yeah, man, I, to this day, like I still. Because I put a bunch of clips of the movie on my phone. <laughs> Jordan just watches know, right? clips on the train know, right? constantly. Um, As a kid, dude, the, the lead, uh, Lilo Brancato or whatever his name is, dude, I hated that kid, man. Like, he really annoyed me. I remember not think, like, thinking he wasn't the best actor. Like, to this day, I like don't think he's the best actor, but like I think he kind of works for the film now, like, in retrospect thinking about it but i really didn't like him as a kid so i remember like that being an issue uh when i saw the film uh as as a youth <laughs> right <laughs> but, and, he had, and now that guys ended up having a pre- pretty like turbulent life yeah i know if you there's a there's a great ringer article about his life after after you sent me that yeah, that was good yeah i mean the dude like you know was on drugs right. the dude had went on drug binges um he even had like a very uh, he had a brief stint on The Sopranos that a lot of people remember. Right, that's right. And I think in the article they mentioned that like filming for that was like really difficult because this guy was going off on like drug binges all the time. Right, yeah, he was then, like heavy into drugs yeah. at that point. Um, I know. And he's, then he got the he got caught like robbing someone's house where someone got killed. Yeah, or something like that. Yeah, so basically he I think was was robbing someone else's house and the other person according this is according to the report that he. Um, the other person shot the other person, but that person was uh, like the person he was robbing the house with shot like the person in the house. Yeah, but yeah. that person, I believe, was an off-duty officer, and uh, you know, that's insane. I mean, you're gonna <laughs> yeah, like it's you know, it's, it's not a good look. You know, and, yeah. then, and there's a lot of people that, so he's out now, like, he got out of prison, and, like, he's out now, but there's a lot of people that still feel that he should be in prison. Right, yeah, yeah. You know? Um, I know, like, he's he's kind of had, like, a lot of, like, minor roles in, in, in movies, like, or, or like, uh, I saw, like, there's, like, a, a series called Vamp Bikers with him in it. He <laughs> has a, he, Ron Jeremy, I think, is in it, too. Um, Makes a lot of sense. Uh... uh I mean, you know, I feel bad for the dude. He kind, you know, he did what he did. I don't, uh, you know, I don't know. All this has nothing to do with his acting skills. <laughs> like he was, right, you know, right, just, right. He he ran, you know, he ended up having a pretty rough life. He has a documentary that came out too called "Wasted Talent," which is about you know right, everything yeah, after that too. That. And I mean, you know, I don't want to take away from the conversation about Bronx Tale though, because right. you know the thing is, I, 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 you know, a lot of those old New Yorkers really do. Um, they also love, I think they love A Bronx Tale too, um, not because of, uh, Lilo Broncado, but uh, they also love it for Sonny. Sonny's, uh, yeah, Ch- Chaz Palminteri's character was so well done. I mean, this I mean, was, he's great in it. He's, yeah. oh my God, he's, he's riveting. Like, the thing is that he was the one that wrote it. And so this is really right. about his life. Um, he, I know he started off as a, a I believe a, a play, a one man play that he would do when he was right. in California. 
Um, and then one day, you know, Bobby D managed to watch it, and like they had some type of gentleman's agreement. Right. And so that's how it got made into a movie. And then later on, as many know, it was a, a musical on Broadway. Right? Is it still on Broadway? It's not on Broadway anymore. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to see it. <laughs> I know. But I still listen to the soundtrack here and there. And That's right. <laughs> maybe Joe and I will perform, like, songs from it together like at a bar <laughs> one day that'd be you know um it's a bronx tale i don't um, even know <laughs> yeah it's funny because like there's like the like the way um some of the lyrics in it are like this is a bronx tale this is my story right and it's, <laughs> keep going <laughs> um but they do like these there's a lot of like good elements into it i think they do a good job of actually like um trying to modernize some of like the story too right. like um because like as I'm listening to it, there's a part where C meets up with um, Terrell Hicks's character uh, Jane. Her name is Jane, right. right? And you know he's going to like she's talking about Webster Avenue, and you know that's like the dividing line. It's like Arthur Avenue is Arthur Avenue Belmont, and then there's Webster Avenue. So right. like Arthur Avenue Belmont's like uh, Little Italy in the Bronx, right? Um, which if you remember that song Twins by Big Pun. Yeah, <laughs> dead in the middle of litter, litter. Like dead he's in talk, the middle of litter, litter. Let's, let's say it. Let's say it together. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, yeah. Side note: When Big Point was talking about being dead in the middle of litter, literally, right. he's talking about Bronx, literally, right? right. Uh, and Webster Avenue is like the black neighborhood that's like you know around the same area, right? right. Um, and it's crazy because if you still go around that area around Fordham, like you sort of see that. Um, sort of the disparity and even that uh, the, 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 the the difference like you know Arthur Avenue still has a huge um, a lot of the people from Fordham still you know go there, go over there because that's kind of like the main strip and it's right. the more like um, if, if you will it's like the, for them it's the more inviting place to go to it's like you know a central like area but like um, the neighborhood around it still deals with a lot of those like you know urban urban issues and you know I'll highlight an example um, like of that, of that uh, NYPD cadet um, Junior Junior Guzman, I believe his name was. Right, who was, right, you know, right. and that happened in the Belmont district, which is like that area. You know, yeah. it was a really sad and really terrible thing that happened. You know, so I don't know. It's like just adding context to like you know how where the story fits in. You know what I mean? And like right. you know like how how things got to the way they are. And I think that's why a lot of old New Yorkers still uh, gel with a guy like Sonny because he kind of represents like that old New York uh, machismo. Right. And, um, you know, sadly it kind of ties in with some type of like, some types of uh, male, male patriarchy, if you will. But I mean, that was an area that a lot of those old New Yorkers came up in, right. you know, like those were men of honor. Um, uh, there's a word that I remember, I remember reading um, these letters from people that were still Trump supporters. And this guy references Sonny from Bronxdale, right? <laughs> and he says, like, you know, Trump has, Trump is like Sonny from Bronxdale. He has chutzpah, right? Um, Ali, if I'm chutzpah. wrong. Chutzpah. Chutzpah, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. But there's a C at the beginning of it. When That's, it's, it's a silent it's C. It's the same thing, like, holla. Starts with a C, like you hollow bread. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I I clearly failed failed. I I'm man. Uh, I clearly failed my. Um, <laughs> uh, I clearly failed in the yeshiva. <laughs> so it's all right, Jordan. You're forgiven. I can't get forgiven by you. I need to be forgiven by a, a rabbi. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, he says something to the effect of, or he writes something to the effect that. You know, Trump has has chutzpah. Um, he's like Sonny from a Bronx tale. You know, it's better to be feared than to be loved. You know, <laughs> and 
you know, it's like that that mold of what they perceive as like a strongman, right? You know, and I think a lot of old New Yorkers um, still vibe with. And let's be clear, like, what's the connection? What's what's the potential connection here? Well, hey, Throg's Neck is an area in the Bronx that's pretty much like entirely like filled with old New Yorkers that made money, got right. got got you know involved with like you know real estate and all types of like uh, you know six figure jobs, right? And the Trump links the golf course is right over there. Yes, like a lot of people might find that crazy that Trump has like a golf course in the Bronx, but you know that's, that that area of the Bronx is you know they treat they're treated a little bit differently than the rest of the than Bronx, the rest right? of the, the Bronx. Bronx yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and you know, like I said, you see that disparity. You see that even that disparity, um, even in the Fordham area sometimes yeah. too. But I mean, and I think that's kind of like where the where you see that line between like the hip hip hop community that loves it and like the old New York community that right, loves right. it. You know, I remember like being over there working on a, I don't know, maybe a film or a commercial or something. And <laughs> 20 years film or commercial. <laughs> and there was like this, I mean, there was like this gigantic, like, I guess mansion is the only way you can put it, man. And I was, oh, like, yeah. Jesus. Oh, like, yeah. They have these in the Bronx? <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, obviously they do, but it's like, you know, not. Especially like when you grow up in Brooklyn, it's always like you know Bronx was always like the concrete jungle. And yo, it, it's like, crazy. You know, yo, it's crazy. The, it was the same if you grew up in the Bronx. Yo, you it's crazy because like if you ever watch Michael Shea's stand up, right? His um, his Michael Shea matters. Right. Yeah. He was saying that like oh, he talks about how um, <laughs> he talk he basically talks about how white women have power, right? In this, right? And he says like, look at what you did to Brooklyn, right? He's like. I'm from the Bronx. When we were growing up, Brooklyn was a no-go zone. Right? <laughs> and then, you know, and and it's true. Like if you if you if you grew up in Brooklyn, you're like, yo, the Bronx is a war zone. You grew up right, in the Bronx, right. you're probably like, yo, I'm not going to to Brooklyn. Right. <laughs> the funny thing is that obviously both went through some real awful times, but I think they at some point you just kind of realize like none of these were that bad. Like, why yeah. did we, it, was, it yeah. was always like, you know, so, so, you know, cause I don't think my parents told me the Bronx were bad. It was never something like them. It was never them, but like some adult was like, the Bronx is the worst. So like, we were always like, oh, yeah, I think, know. I mean, the thing is too, is that when you think about, um, it has to do with like these marked perceptions of, uh, about POC communities in particular, like even now, like, the, the rhetoric you'll hear is like, oh, the South Bronx is getting better, but it's like if you never went there in the first place, and right? You, and, and I mean, it's true. Like, there's probably a high probability that's quote unquote getting better, but if you were to tell me that the crime rate was consistent from like 2004 to like 2018, which I don't think it was, I think there was a drop in crime, if you ask me, but right. crime is still going to persist in some way, shape, or form. Um, you know, I would I would argue that if the crime rate was like kind of like like more or less like consistent, but like the the amenities got better, then like you know, you're looking at these things from a, the wrong perspective. And uh, another thing, too, is that uh, when we talk about good, quote-unquote, good parts of the Bronx, right, that you would often re- reference, like, Riverdale, which um, in itself, I believe, is zoned for, like, uh, like so it's like the voting districts are, like, for, like, North Manhattan, if you will. Right, right. So that area, like, um, by, um, what is it? Uh, it's a housing project uh, that, that's escaping me right now. Oh, like Marble Hill, right? Like Sport and Deville, and like, like they're they're kind of there. There's kind of like that North North Manhattan, like Bronx connect, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, like you're saying, like if you were telling me there were mansions, you'd be mind blown. But like, you know, I would see this stuff when I would take the bus over there to school. And the thing is, too, is that being in the North Bronx, because Jordan went to Bronx Science, right? And the benefit <laughs> to that was that um, if you spent time there, you kind of really got to know the people, right. you know. Um, 
and so like you know i guess that was my in some ways like that's partly where my uh relation with uh this movie kind of comes from too is like right. that feeling of uh you know like yeah i always you know i forget i always forget that you went to bronx science so you you spent a decent and a lot of people of didn't life, like going to right uh, and a lot of people didn't because i mean even here in, around brooklyn tech you know yeah t- kids from east queens that were like yo this area is the area is too hood for me i'm out right right right, right. you know or the bronx like I, i'm not trying to get jumped i'm out oh and especially yeah. like in the 90s man yeah <laughs> in the 90s if you were going to brooklyn tech you were like you know and to be honest to me the area was always fine but like you know, it was yeah. looked at very different. It looked at very different. Coming up Fort Green in yeah. the nineties, so. Yeah. Uh, but you know what? At least we can all agree now that both uh, boroughs are awesome, and um, Staten Island is the only one that sucks now, right? <laughs> yeah, Staten Island just like Throgs like and Riverdale put together. But you know what? <laughs> the irony is, is that you know, like we just said, like the the world of of you know those communities are never far from each other, right? Right, and you know, like like. People are like, yo, Wu Tang's from Staten Island. You know what I mean? Well, Wu Tang's not the entire island. It's like, you know. <laughs> exactly. You know, I, I told Ga- you. Gaeta Sanitation is most of the island. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's most of the boroughs. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, if you want to continue the conversation with us about a Bronx tale, um, follow us on Facebook. Um, we might get a Twitter account going. I don't know yet. Yeah, no, Twitter's like, Twitter to me is like, um, doing fantasy baseball you have to keep up with it too much you know what i'm saying <laughs> but, but we you know but you know we, if we have to dedicate yeah because we're only the strongest only the strongest only but strong. instagram facebook instagram there, you know? facebook um, uh let us know how you feel about the bronx tale absolutely um and i guess just on like a closing note yeah um it's an awesome movie man. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's yeah. a great being a new yorker i love and appreciate the f- like great New York movies and and a Bronx Tales one. I mean, it's one of the un, sort of the underappreciated um, yeah. New York movies. Yeah. You know, it doesn't get as much love as obviously like and again, you know, the mob movies or whatever. But even right. just some of the other ones that aren't necessarily in the mob realm. Um, but it's a great coming of age story. Yeah, um, yeah. The, I guess the only other coming of age story that I see being close to that is. Um, AJ and the Sopranos, man. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no. Um, yeah, great New York flick. And um, you're gonna tell me something like uh, like Ju- I- Juno or something. I might like, <laughs> right, have to uh, rethink this podcast. I'm gonna drop a, a nugget or something for you. But anyway, uh, it's like I said, it's a great New York movie, and. Um, I think uh, if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. If you haven't seen it in a while, you should revisit it like I'm going to do. Um, and, uh, yeah, there th- that, that's all I got to say about it. Yeah, man. Um, and that's been another great episode. Shifters out. Shifters out. It's 8 a.m. <laughs>